talking about Bleach Movie 3, Fade to Black. And yeah. as we do, before we start, gentlemen, one, two, three, three Kampai! You want to tell the people who the artist was? Yes, that is the song for the ending of the movie, and it's by um, Porno Graffiti, <coughs> and the song is called Koyori Tsukika um, Miyazotomo. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, If in case those that don't know... Bleach Movie 3 is available on wherever Jeremy found it, but I got mine on iTunes, and the stores don't even have it yet, so... So is it an English dub? It is English dub, yes. Yeah, Jeremy found it on whatever site he found it on. I think Google Video. Oh, okay, cool. But, um, I found mine on... U.S. iTunes and everything on U.S. iTunes is uh, already in English. Right. Yay. But the but the thing that sucks about it is it's like, yeah, you can buy it like for nine ninety nine, which is probably the cheapest you're gonna find it for. But you don't get all the extra special stuff like you get with the DVD version, which I might have to buy it eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want to give people a little recap of what the story is mainly about? Awesome. Well, in Bleach Movie 3, Fate to Black, um, there was this hollow that was, I think, I believe he was created, and um, he can siphon off people's memories with a swipe of his, uh, with his weapon or his tail or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Is there more? Like... Well, yeah, but don't you guys want to join in, too? Anyway, so it starts life like this. It's mainly, this movie mainly features on Rukia, Ichigo, and childhood friends that Rukia used to raise or whatever before she became a Soul Reaper. And just like Austin says, the movie starts off with this mysterious guy who is kind of like a, he's not really a full hollow, but he's something else with these strange powers. And with his uh, scythe, he, whenever he um, slashes his scythe across, he can make that person lose his memories and, um, you know, be frantic of, like, everything around him. And so when he and this other mysterious girl named Homura in the movie, um, he also <coughs> slashes Rukia with his scythe across, therefore making her lose her memories as a still reaper and remembering Ichigo and everyone else that uh, is in her life. And so when Ichigo senses something's wrong, he goes to the Soul Society to see what's going on and he also is wondering how come no one else remembers him too. Right. Yeah, because if you know, since whatever affects Rukia affects Ichigo because Rukia actually shared her powers with Ichigo at the very first episode. So in a way, they're kind of linked. Yeah, Ichigo describes it as uh, 
having both of their souls connected. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why no one can really under, um, remember Ichigo. So Ichigo is trying to figure out a way, like, who is the person behind all of this and, you know, how come Rukia can't remember him and all that stuff. And But somehow, um, Renji is slowly starting to remember Ichigo as well as Rukia, and that's why Renji is starting to help Ichigo find these two people responsible of causing havoc. And they're also the ones who's creating this this great monster substance form that's spreading throughout the entire soul society. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird though because it's it's not really clear what what this what this being creates. Like it's not it's it's got like a it looks it looks like it would be like a squishy substance. But like not really like completely solid, but not really like a liquid either. Yeah, exactly. But it's some kind of weird. But um, yeah, I don't even know what it's. I don't even know if it's made of reishi or what. Like they like everything else is in soul society. Yeah, but if you come across it, you can actually be covered up by that substance. So. Well, it, that that is the case unless you're Kampachi. Yeah, he's a badass. Because Kampachi actually did get covered by the substance, but he was able to break free of it. Yeah, eventually later on, and he leaves one hell of a great Ryasu. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, something else that's cool about this movie is, like, with we, like even in the Bleach like series and the other two movies before this, um, you don't really get to see any of the captains, like, use their powers that much except for maybe in Bleach Movie 2 you got to see a little bit but in this one you get to see more and also uh, Udaha makes an appearance as in his old captain days yeah exactly yes. and you know and Yoruichi of course makes an appearance in this movie and it's good that Urahara did shit up in his own captain form you know as like I'll temporarily take over since the first person who lost his memory is um uh, uh Kurtsuchi. Yeah, Kurtsuchi. Naori Kurtsuchi. Yeah, 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 that's a funny. Yeah, yeah, since he was He's the a... one who lost his memories first, <coughs> Urahara's stepping in, trying to figure out like what's the source <coughs> of this thing that's. Well, like, actually, in the in the show though, um, the original Captain of Squad Twelve, I mean Kurtsuchi, backed his memories up on a on his computer's hard drive. But yeah. apparently, back a long time ago, when Urahara was captain. He actually knew about this hollow before, so he already had inside knowledge about it. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be cool to bag up your memory like that. Yeah, that was really clever of him to do that. Yeah, I would do that. Happened. I would back my memories up to disk. It'd take but like see, 20 disks, but... Sure. But see, it's like, in the show, it's like, what kind of what kind of confuses me a little bit, well, not, not really confuses me, but it's like, how did Kurutsuchi know to back up his memories. It's like, you know, it's like, how can anybody know to back up the memories before, like, even, like, no one knows if they're going to be attacked or have the memories messed up, so how how could he even know to back it up? Well, here's my way of thinking it. Like, when you're a clever scientist like Uhara or Kurisushi, you always know how to take, like, three steps ahead of people in every situation. So, So, basically what you're saying is, he backed the memory up before, just in just in case of any kind of scenario. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, like like he like when he was fighting um, Zalapro, um, when uh, when he made the little doll when Zalapro made that doll. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And when he 
crushed the little part. And he's like, why aren't you in pain? And he goes, and Quoth said, like, because I've made clones of all my or vital organs. Yeah. Yeah, but more than that, I do remember that because he actually did research that Arankar thoroughly. Yeah. Yes. But getting so. back to the movie, well, another thing that was good about the show was because when Homura and, you know, her brother, I forgot his name, joined... Uh, Satsuki? Yeah. Satsuki was um, actually joining force, for, for forces into Rukia and possessed her as, like, this holified version of Rukia. They actually yeah, that had was this, weird. Yeah, they yeah. had the show... Um, they, this movie is good because, you know, for the first time, it was basically like a Rukia f versus Ichigo. Because Ichigo had to fight Rukia in order to save her life. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And even though Byaku, of course, many people don't like him because he's a douche. In a way, it was he, it was cool that he kind of stepped in and, you know, tried to bind Rukia so that Ichigo can find the courage to be strong enough to fight Ruki in order to save her. So, of course, Ryakuya also did his part in his role in the movie. And yeah. I like that. That was my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like Tiana says, sometimes Ryakuya uh, can be a, a douche. But uh, other times he can have, like, it seems like he actually has a soul besides, like, always fighting for, uh, or always wanting to preserve, preserve the... Uh, the code of his royalty or whatever the crap it is. Yeah. Right. Exactly, because he'll always have that pride within him, that self-pride, but at the same time, he's learning to... I liked when he was sitting at, uh, sitting at the picture of Hisana, his, Aruki's uh, sister. Yeah. And that's how he kind of sensed that, you know... Something was wrong. Yeah, and somehow Ruki is related. But, like I was saying, like... You know, Biaki will always have that self-pride, but at the same time, he, he does love Rukia deep down. Right. He just he doesn't shows like in he his own way. Sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah he, has to, he has to put people through hell just to make him, just to make a point like, you know, whatever. But, you know. But, you know, Bleach Movie, uh, <laughs> Bleach Movie 3 Faded Black is like the best Bleach movie I've seen. I really like this movie. Yeah. It's yeah, even though, yeah. Even though that me and Tiana have both seen Bleach Movie 4, which there actually is a fourth one. It's totally not even dubbed yet. It just came out a couple months ago, actually. But I have to say still, even though I've seen Bleach Movie 4, I have to say that Bleach Movie 3 is probably one of the better movies out of the Bleach. Out of all four of them. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So what else do you like it in the movie besides, you know, just the captain scene, Austin? Um... I do like the connection that they that they actually made. Uh, I do like the connection that Taikubo actually made between Ichigo and Rukia because it really shows that uh, I don't know that, that it really shows that Ichigo was willing to do anything to get Rukia back because they do have a connection and mm -hmm. eventually in a series I have no idea if that's going to happen. And I don't think it is going to happen, but eventually in this series, it it just seems like. It just seems like Ichigo would be closer to Rukia than any other person in the Bleach story. Yeah. Because of that connection that right. Rukia formed at the beginning and of the series. Even though there are a lot of Ichigo and Orihime couple fans out there who might not like that idea, but as for the Ichi Ruki, 
as they like to quote and call themselves, they feel the same way too. And I do, I do like the way how, you know, their close friendships is that powerful for right. Ichigo not to forget about Rukia. You know, even though Rukia forgot about Ichigo, Ichigo cannot forget about Rukia because, you know, as we all know, Rukia changed his life and... Saved his life. Exactly. Saved and changed and she is basically his ray of light. So that's that was the whole moral of this whole story of this whole entire movie per se so right i would give bleach movie three a um maybe a nine and a half out of ten i gotta give it a perfect ten yeah because i think it's I so give it a perfect ten too because <laughs> i think I, I think it's so weird his computer <coughs> computer is actually an old organ yeah. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I have. The keyboards as his buttons, his keyboards. The yeah. piano keyboards as his regular keyboards. Computer keyboard. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I have to give it. Um, I have to give it a ten too. So like perfect score all around. Perfect thirty. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So now that we talked about movie three, should we move on to our next video game of choice? Yes. And again, like this is my choice for a podcast. Also, my choice for a video game. And I want to talk about Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yeah, the latest game in the series. And, uh, yeah, it's just, to me, it's badass. I like that John Delancey's in it. Yeah, the guy that voiced Q from Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And, 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 and also Voyager. Voyager. So what's this video game about? Do you want to sum it up this time, Austin? I can, I can probably sum it up, Austin. Well, he played more of it. Well, yeah, that is true, but... I mean, you know, if if Terry wants to voice his opinion, he can. It's about how uh, um, the main character. Ezio Alfatorde? No, the uh, Desmond. Thank you. Well, okay, fine, Desmond. Desmond's mind is mixing with Altair's and Ezio's, and he's got to find a way to change him back to himself so he can exit the Animus. Yes, but or um, else he's going. Yeah, well, actually, not. He's not gonna die. He's just gonna be like, uh, like, um, stuck in the animus. Yeah, but like I'm, the other guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of they. Um, they called him sixteen. Yeah, but uh, not agent or patient or damn it, whatever. But yeah, sixteen is um stuck in the animus, and if Desmond doesn't fully synchronized with Ezio and Altair, he's going to be just like 16 is. Mm -hmm. Stuck in the Animus. And, um, obviously Desmond doesn't want that to happen, so pretty much the game, like Jeremy said, goes through uh, Altair's and, um, Ezio's, Ezio's storylines. But, um, the only way you can play as Altair, if you don't know, is you have to go throughout Ezio's time, find these five golden keys before the Templars do, and um, they'll unlock uh, Altair's library, where the Apple of Eden is kept. But as you find, there's five keys, and as you find all five of these keys, you flash back to Altair's timeline. And that's how you play as Altair. Hmm. But, um... Wicked. Yeah. But, uh... I like this game for... I mean, it, it's another Assassin's Creed game, and it's cool, but... It's just like... Yeah, it's more the same as uh, Brotherhood and 2. 
and also one, but um, I just like Ezio. Altair is okay, but um, I don't know. He's just an okay person, but um, since we're on the topic of Altair, the first Assassin's Creed that he was pretty much in, I did not like that game at all. I, I, I played some of it, but you know. Which, was that number one? Yeah, that's the very first one. Where he actually plays Altair in the 12th century. Hmm. Yeah, what I like about this game is like, to me, after seeing Austin playing and watching the walkthroughs as much as I can, is definitely, this game is more of an open world than before from the last game. Yeah, it, it actually seems to me like this world is bigger than... Exactly. Uh, than Roma was. It has a lot more new opportunities for Ezio to seek into. He's like in a different country, for one thing. Yeah, it's um Constant Constantinople. Yes. Constantinople. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So and, and there's a castle he's supposed to be in. Yeah. Or find. No, no, no. Um, not exactly. While she was <clears> in <throat> this castle, and these guards are chasing me. In the video I watched. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's just in the city. He's not really in the castle. He's just walking in the city, talking to, uh... But he was trying to get to the library, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And the library is in a whole different... Actually, the library is... I think, uh... In Roma, where he was... No, no. The, the castle was... Or what you're talking about is the Assassin's Castle. Oh. That's from the original game, but it's in some other different, like, country altogether. But anyways, the keys are in Constantinople. And in the game, of course, there are the basics of um, how everyone's familiar from the past games. Like, you still can have your other assassins that you can train uh, and upgrade. Yeah. And as well <laughs> as, um, besides with the same original weapons that Ezio was equipped, you have also new additional weapons. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, pretty much they do have the, uh, the swords, the axes, the crossbow, and um, the parachutes. Parachutes. And um, all that kind of stuff from the other Assassin's Creed's. But what they did add newly in this game is bombs. Mm-hmm. And, um... At each assassin den that you take back from Templars, or if you can't take them back, you can just kill the Templar uh, leader or like uh, guard or whatever, and that's another way of taking back the uh, the den. But in each one of these den things, they have um, books that give you a diagram of how to build these bombs. But you can go by the diagram. You can go by how the how the diagram says, or you can just do what I do, just just make your own shit. Cause um, I mean, I use I make I, I use um okay. There's three types of bombs you can make. You can make uh, lethal, um, tactical, or diversionary. And I have my specific I have my own specific bombs that I make for each category. I make. I make a poison bomb for the lethal, I make a blood bomb for the tactical, and I make, for diversionary, it's either, um, I forget what it's called specifically, but it's, um, it's a bomb where you throw it, 
and um, it explodes, but all kinds of gold and silver come out of it, so hence the name <coughs> Diversionary. But also, I use the smoke screens too sometimes. But what I do is, um, with each bomb I make, I use a sticky pouch. I use, I, I can, you, you can choose whatever kind of, um, whatever kind of gunpowder you want. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to follow the diagram as far as the gunpowder, but I use whatever gunpowder I want. And I use, like I said, if I want to use, um, uh, I think it's shrapnel. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but well, hold on. It's it's the it's the stuff that you that it's, it's the it's the part of the bomb that you um that has the gold and silver. Like when it explodes, that stuff comes out. Mm -hmm. It's that part of the bomb. But I don't, I forget if it's called shrapnel. But like I said, I use the sticky the sticky set the sticky pouches, whatever uh, gunpowder and um. Like I said, either shrapnel or the um, smoke screen, and you can also make um, stink stink bombs too. And um, like I said, the blood bombs. I'm not really too overly excited about the blood bombs though. They're they're okay, but all they do is they just when you throw them and they explode on the guard or around or around all the guards, they just make the guards like. Blood. Just think that they've been attacked. That's just all they do, and it's not really overly exciting. But the poison bombs that I make are kind of cool because I throw a sticky pouch. Um, I, I throw a sticky pouch poison bomb on one guard, and they and the guards just walk, and they have no idea. Like, and then boom, this the bomb explodes, and then everybody in the group. And that guard gets poisoned, and eventually they all die over time. Hmm. That's neat. So that's another great creativity. Actually, that kind of sounds like something I can do in Minecraft. There's a thing where you can make potions, uh -huh. and you can, you drop this uh, fermented spider eye into the potion machine, and then you put your three bottles, and it turns it into poison potions. Oh yeah. And, and you like, let's say I'm fighting a creeper, I can just whoosh, boom. Great. But to the game, it's the graphics is just as amazing as usual, and the fighting sequences too. I would have to say that um, Assassin's Creed Revelations, I would give it a ten out of ten. I would too. Of course, that's like your favorite game so far. I'd give it a nine point five. I haven't seen that much of it, but I've seen a little bit, so it really is oh, a great game. Do you think I should? Spoil the end of the game for people. Well, I'm pretty sure many people played it already and shit. So yeah, but there are some people that probably haven't. Like so. me. Well, that is true, but this probably won't be too much of a spoiler for you, though. Well. Well. Mm, okay, I will do this just because I'm a fan of this series, and those of you for those of you that are a fan. I will do this too, just because, and those of you that played all the way through know what I'm talking about, but there may be another Assassin's Creed coming out in the next probably two or three years. Yeah, and that's all we can say. <laughs> but I will say this, this Assassin's Creed is the end 
of Ezio's time. And I, I, I heard that in a trailer, and obviously also that's pretty much obvious, because yeah. Ezio is getting a lot older, he's got gray in his beard, and he even says it in the game itself, he's like, he's like, I'm not as young as I used to be, it's like keeping up with you guys is is uh, pretty much a challenge for me now. But hell, he's, it's like he still does a damn pretty good job at his yeah. age of still, yeah. you know, being swift in the mind, if not the body anymore. But hell he's yeah. still pretty flexible and agile, getting around the city through rooftops and shit and yeah. still being slick. Which I still want to yeah. borrow the game. I still want to try it. Yeah, awesome. exactly. But um, some other parts about this game I like. Yeah, I n- I never done the rating. I actually the wrap-up for it, but... uh. Some other parts of the game I like is I like the hook blade. Yeah. And I don't know, his, you guys both see I've hook seen blade? it, yeah. When I he have has a, be, a further grab when he tries to climb. That's also another clever thing that they did for this game. Yeah, and that's also new. Mm-hmm. But actually, with the hook blade, you can use it, well, as the name suggests, mm-hmm. as a hook to get to places, but also mm-hmm. a blade to kill people with. Exactly. And, oh, I gotta share this story too, but after this is over. Um,. I just like running up to guards and just using my hook blade to just like flip over them, take them down, and just like stab them like really quick when they're on the ground. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I was gonna say. But um, other than that, um, it is a pretty cool ass, kick ass blade. And also, unlike um, unlike uh, Brotherhood, well, okay, like Brotherhood. You can have assassins to call to, to be at your beck and call whenever you want to call them, but unlike Brotherhood, you can level up your assassins to maximum level, which well you could in the other game too, but maximum level in this game means level fifteen, <clears throat> which I mean makes them a little more skill well I mean, a lot more skillful. Their armor is the best, the weapons are the best. They can't get taken down as easily. But, um, yeah, it's another cool thing about this game. And I actually got the achievement where you have to upgrade seven assassins to maximum assassin level, which is kind of a pain in the ass, and you have to devote a lot of time and effort to this game to do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, my, story, my story is cool. Like I said, I was playing this game one time. Um, Tiana was there with me. I was just I was just doing some random bullshit in a mission, just nothing spectacular. But I came across this group of like five guards, and I have no idea how this happened. Seriously, and Tian doesn't either. But it quite literally happened in the blink of an eye. Yes. Like I I don't know like I don't know if I took out like two assassins at once, and then, or no no, I think I used my hook blade to take out one assassin. And then I took out two two assassins at once, and then just suddenly, like, all the other assassins just fell. <laughs> like, I have no idea what the hell happened, but it's like... All the, uh, you mean the guards? Or, yeah, all the guards just, like, fell, and it's just like... It's just like, what the hell? It's like, I tried to recreate that moment, but it's like... Not happening. Yeah, I, got, I don't know how it did the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. <laughs> But it was just awesome. It was. Just like, it was like with one swift in a matter of less than two seconds, like our five guards just died. Shut up! Exactly. Oh, shit. But, um, yeah. I don't know if I called my assistance in either, though, but 
I just know that all five guards just fell from the blink of an eye, and that was just... And Tiana agrees with me, too. That should have been an achievement. Exactly. But there is an achievement that says to take out five guards in five seconds with your hidden blade. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, so, also, wait. There's this, there is this achievement that you can get. Um... I forget what it's called, but pretty much you find the tallest building in Constantinople, which is uh, something with an F. Um, crap, I don't remember. But you, but you go there the first part of the game, but you don't. You have, you have to climb with dude up to like um, the round rooftop part. You don't climb all the way oh, up. Oh, I think what you're saying is this doesn't start with an F. It starts with a G, the... Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. The Garia Tower. Yeah, but it's an achievement where you have to go up to this, to the very, very top, and and, and then parachute all the way down to um, the water channel, the uh, uh, the water that separates um, the border of Asia from the border of uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. The Euphrates. Okay. <laughs> I think. Well, that's, the, that's, that's not what they called in the achievement, but it's, it's fine. If that's what they called in real life, that's that, cool. But but more specifically, it's like if you climb all the way up to the, to the tower with the G name and just, like, just spin Ezio around this, um, this tower, it's just like the view is just amazing. It's like... There's no other view like it except, and I will say this, I did see on a trailer of Batman Arkham City, mm -hmm. and Batman Arkham City is kind of like the same, like, spectrum. It's kind of like the same, like, breathtaking moment, like when you're exactly. at the very top and you can't reach any other top high point in the game, just looking out and just seeing the whole entire city. It's just exactly. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, and the achievement for this in the Assassin's Creed game is called almost flying, because you practically it is almost flying when you have to you know leave from with your parachute from that big ass tower to the pan of water where you have to be. Yeah. So you can do that easily as as long as you know where to find that um that tower mm -hmm. and get to the very top. And with your parachute, all you have to do is just take a nice good leap and head towards where the waters are. And there you go. You got it. And you have to get it before, so you can't let nothing else interrupt your flying. Like, you can't run into anything. Otherwise, the achievement would be messed up. Yeah, the news yeah, over. suck. But, um, actually, on, just like the other Assassin's Creed, you can actually, um, press the, uh, the A button four through sixty or the X button for PS3 and mark on your map where you like what building you want to go to. Yeah, that's that's so that helps out a lot, but also it's like this uh the building is um it's in I guess you would call it Asia, I don't know, but it's in the Asia part of the game, but it's right it's right near, um, it's right near the first assassin's den that you go to. Hmm. So, that's also another, that's also another tip for those that want to know. And make it a lot easier for them, people to find it. Hmm. 
Yep. So, did you give a rating to this game already? Yeah, I gave it a 10. Oh. Well, that's great. Yeah. Again, to really get Assassin's Creed Relations is available for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So, check it out. It is really a great game. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Epic. Yes. Exactly. Well, any other last thoughts, gentlemen? Um, check out our website. Check out our Facebook page. Yeah. Exactly. And, um,. Next and week we'll be having our Christmas special. Right. Yes, and I have um, I have special Christmas music that I, that we can play for the podcast too. Oh, cool! Well, that's great. Yes, the holidays is coming around. Well, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So At least Jeremy should. I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> but again, stay tuned for our holiday special broadcast. And so, until next week, everybody. Matinee.